Hey, good morning, you guys. Uh, good to see you all uh, this morning. I hope you're doing amazing. This is a crazy weekend. Buffalo is playing in Detroit. Uh, I just had to say that because it's exciting. It would have been really fun to see them play in all that snow. Like, um, oh, it seems every year they get a bunch of snow for at least one game, and it makes it makes uh, Buffalo Buffalo. Uh, but uh, hopefully today we will uh, get back on that winning streak. Um, but that's a side issue, total side issue. Really not important to too many people except um, true fans. But anyhow, everybody has their team, so I hope your team does well today. Um, I love the church. I love my church. This is life. This is our life. And uh, part of the problem with a lot of Christians is that it isn't their life. It's, it's just something they do. It's just another thing in their schedule like everything else. I eat, I sleep, I go to work, I go to church. It's like, it's not life. But when we come to understand what the church is really about and that Jesus died on a cross so that we could come into the kingdom of God and, and the church is that body of Christ on the earth, it's the only way to God, through the church, through what Jesus established in the Bible. And so if the church isn't your life, then something else is and whatever that is is an idol it's an idol it's it's more important to you than what god is up to and what god is doing and what god has done and what god calls us to be a part of if this isn't the most important thing in your life the body of jesus and all that he is then you and I, the world, has some evaluating to do on our priorities. Because probably what's happened is we've bought into the lie that church is just a little sliver of our schedule. Which is why I wrote the book, Stop Going to Church, right? Stop going to church because it's not about going to church. If all you do is go to church, then it's not the most important thing in your life like even my wife and my children and my grandchildren is as important as they are to me like they're right up there like one of the most important things to me on the earth is our family but before that has to come God God's got to be priority number one uno uno numero uno you know what I meant um, and, and if he isn't then something's wrong. Something's out of order. I love my church, and we've talked about a lot of reasons uh, why we love our church. We've said it's the ecclesia, the called out one. All authority is Jesus's. All belonging is because of Jesus. We get to come into the church because of him. And he's the one that continues to build the church. From the book of Acts, chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus uh, set the apostles in motion and the Holy Spirit was poured out into their lives and they began to preach the good news of Christ. 
And the church was birthed on the earth from that moment till this moment. He's the one in, in, in authority. He's the one that everyone comes through. And he is the one that is doing the constructing the work of the church. He is amazing. And uh, we are invited to enter into this church, into the kingdom of God, into his grace by faith. Our faith in Jesus and our faith in Jesus means our allegiance, our surrender, our laying ourselves on the altar and saying, God, here I am as a living, not a dead sacrifice, but as a living sacrifice for you to use however you want. And if the church isn't everything to you, then you you aren't on that altar saying, here's all of me. You've got maybe a foot on the altar, but that's not what God wants. He wants all of you, every bit of you, everything about you. We love the church for a lot of reasons, and we've named a bunch of those. And then we started last week this uh, series within the series, okay? I love the church, but also I want to touch on some questions, some really vital questions that must be asked and must be answered by every one of us on this planet. Every one of I'm going to pose six, I think, six questions, probably when we're all done, that every one of us must ask. Last week, the question was, where did God come from? And I answered that. If you didn't get to see that, you might want to go back and watch that one. Where did God come from? That's a huge question. Question most people just scratch their head and don't really have a good answer for. And even if you have a good answer for it, you don't really know where that answer comes from. Maybe you've just heard it. So it's important for us to be able to know in our own heart, where did God come from? Or, or what, what, what can we say about his origins? But today we have another question that's vitally important that every one of us must ask. And even though our questions are vital, there is nothing new under the sun. Like from the beginning of time, God has always dealt with everything that we are dealing with, just in different forms, maybe different shapes, different methods, different um, wrappers. But there's nothing new under the sun. And so the next question that I want to ask you that every, everybody must ask uh, at some point, these are all like big life questions. The next question that I want to uh, ask you, uh, we're going to hit on today. We're going we're gonna to get to today. I think it's the next question, the next. I mean, there's a lot of big questions, right? But here's the thing about asking questions. We touched on this last week. I want to just touch on it again this week. There's some ground rules about asking questions. Like even when a child asks a parent a question, there are some possible uh, things to consider for the child. Like number one, just like when we ask a big question to God, there are things that we have to keep in mind about asking big questions. Number one is this. Some answers are just simply beyond us. We're not going to understand them because they're not of the earth. Like, there's a lot of questions we can ask about the earth that we can all understand, and that's cool. But there are some questions that are beyond us. 
Our little pea brain is not going to be able to know it. Some just may not be revealed yet, and one day will be, right? We know what that's like, waiting for the answer, and then one day we get older and we realize, oh, man, man, that's why my parents did that. Boy, I'm so glad they did that because now I have a better perspective on the world and on life. And at the time, just mad because they did something. And then the third thing is this. You, you may not like the answer. Just like when your parents say no. So those are some ground rules. Not all the answers are going to satisfy us. Not all of them. And um, we, we said that, where did God come from last week? We, I'm not going to give you that answer. If you didn't see that, go back and see it. But there is an answer for that. Today, today, the next big question, the next really big question that everybody has got to ask at some point is this. Why are we here? Like, why are we here? Why? Why did God make us? Like, why? Why are we here? This is a, a big question. And, and at some point in our lives, you know, we're going to come face to face with our purpose. Like, what is my purpose? Like, people typically end up taking their lives in this world for different reasons. But, but mostly at the core of it, I think, is this. They just don't know why they're on the earth. And they find it... It empty and they find the feelings of hopelessness and and uh, and it's it's no wonder that most people through their lifetime at some point question why we are here why are we here and um, and and it could seem like life is just meaningless but I'm here to tell you today life is not meaningless and and I'm gonna attempt to answer this question with you today why are we here? Why would the God of eternity create a planet, like create this planet, and put people on it? Why would God do this? What is his motive? That's kind of what I want to get at with this. We're going to come up short on that, but, but there is a lot about our purpose that does help us understand why we're here. Why would God do such a thing to create a planet, to create the galaxies and the solar system, and to go through all of that and put people on it? Why would, what was God up to? What is our purpose? Well, I think that the scriptures teach us in, in some way in, we're going to be able to answer part of the question pretty solid, and then there's going to be a part of the question that we're just not going to be able to, we're going to do our best on, but it's going to be a little bit difficult because it's, it's one of those questions that's a little bit beyond us. It's beyond our little pea brain, you know, compared to God. We're just a little speck in the, in the galaxy. First, let me give you some reasons why God did not make us, some misconceptions about why God made us. Some people will say, you know, God needed a companion. Well, that is not the case. God was not lonely needing some friendship, you know, and well, let's just, let's just, you know, take some dirt and make up some people and, 
and have some friends. We'll just make up our own friends. Now, that's not what it, that's not what was going on. Some might think that God made us his little experiment, kind of like we're his little ant farm that he could play with and maneuver and manipulate and, you know, we're God's little experiment. Well, that's really not the truth either. That's not why God made us. We're going to kind of see that there is that element that God, that, that, that we are kind of like God's work. And so in some little way, we, we may feel like we're God's like experiment. But that's really not why God made us. Uh, God was bored. And so God, uh, you know, needed entertaining and we are the entertainment. He just sits up there. And kind of like you do on Sunday afternoon to watch something entertaining, football or a movie. And God is just like getting his kicks out of watching us stumble around the planet. That is not it either. And uh, one other, uh, we're God's science project, right? God's science little project gone wrong. We were his science project and now we've gone off the deep end. And now that's kind of where we're at. So why did God make us? Why are we here? And this is the question of the hour, and I'm going to try to give you some good truth. And then I'm, I challenge you as well to dig into this, to take a stab at this. Um, and, and I'd love to hear back from you on all of these questions, because they're big questions. And there's no, you know, I, I'm going to do the best I can with giving you an answer from the scripture. But I'd like to hear from the scripture what you think is due, not opinion. Uh, you know, our opinions, they're, they're not that big a deal. But what does God say? That's, that's really what I'm more uh, interested in, what God has to say. So if you dig into that and you do some studying and you come up with something cool or something different that I don't mention today, please send me an email, send me a text, let me know what you're thinking. I'd love to kind of talk about it. How awesome. It is a big question, and it is a mystery kind of question. This is not, this is like, this question, why are we here, is, is, or why did God make us? It's not like, how do you make a quilt? Like, that's, that's something we can handle, right? This is bigger than that. This is not like, why did God create bugs, okay? It's, maybe it's a little more complicated. That is, it's not this either. This is big. This is one of those big questions, huge questions, questions that are way beyond us that like, like, you know, we take a stab at, but we're probably just going to touch the answer. We're not going to really satisfy ourselves with it. So here we go. We're going to, we're going to dig into this in uh, Genesis chapter one, verses 26 to 28. Here's what it says right back at the beginning. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, uh, the sky, and every living creature that moves on the ground. And so there's no better place to go than back to the beginning when God first 
did what he did in creating the universe in Genesis chapter 1. And, and here's the first thought we get. Then God said. Like it's like God had thought about this. God had contemplated this with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, the, the three of them and the angels. And, you know, they're, they're all there. They're all in place in eternity. We're not yet. Nothing about us is yet. And, and God is like, okay, let's do this. Let, let's do this. Whatever went into that up to that moment, not really sure. But then God said, let us, let us do this thing. Let's do this. And so notice, notice in, in, in this, in these verses, we find our purpose. Uh, at least in part, we find our purpose. Um, and, and what we find is that we are like God. <clears throat> so being like God is part of the purpose that God made us, to be like him, right? Made in his image. with an ability to think and to reason, to know God, to have a relationship with each other and with God and with the creation, like to and to live forever, to be eternal beings when God first made us. That's pretty cool. So he made us in this to be like him. Secondly, in this, he made us to rule, to rule. You see it? He says, so that they may rule over the fish, the birds, the creatures, and the planet. Just basically to just rule over everything else that God has made. People are to rule over these things. Like in a very similar way that God rules over all of existence, the galaxies, the the, the, the universe, the solar, everything that's out there that we don't even know about. God rules over all of that. He made us to rule over, you know, this tiny little speck of earth and everything he created on it. We are the ones he put here to rule over it all. That's kind of cool if you think about it. And the other thing um, he says in this is... Be fruitful and increase in number. Like, like part of our purpose is to create like he created. Like he made us in him, his image. And now we are like, we're to, we're to increase in number. We're to have children that are like us and in so like him. That's pretty, pretty powerful. That's pretty cool. When we're thinking about why did God make us, you know, some of these things in this passage kind of help fill in a little bit, kind of give us some, some meat, I think meat, to answering the question why and, and what for? What are we doing? What's our purpose? See, part of what the Genesis account teaches us is this. I mean, a number of things, but, but this, that you and I, we are like the, the top. We are the climax of everything God made before us. We're it. He did it all for us. We are the top of the chain. Everything that God did was set in place 
for us to enjoy and to use for the purpose of being on the planet. People are not only part of the creation, our people are the only part of this creation that God made to live forever. Everything else, everything else was made temporary, but people were made with, in the image of God with an eternal soul in us. Nothing else was. That's part of the purpose thinking that went into making all of this and making you and me. And so this directly speaks to the why. The why. Why did God make us? To be over everything else. Like, like we, we answer to God, but the creation around us that we rule over is to answer to us. It, the creation, serves us. We don't serve the creation. We care for it. We rule over it. We're, we're responsible to take care of it. But in a similar way that God rules the universe, God has put us to rule, like him, over the earth. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, uh, the writer goes on to say, or Moses goes on to say, the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And so what we see in part in this creation, in the creation order, remember this is before sin. The fall hasn't happened. Everything is cool between Adam and and Eve and God, there's harmony among everything. Right? The lion and the lamb are cool with each other. And uh, so man's purpose in the very beginning, in the, in the beginning, the, or, the original creation, before the mess up happens, is that man would, would work the garden, have purpose in that, and he would take care of it. He'd have this like responsibility. This something about God's reasoning. Uh, we see something about God's reasoning in making us in this. Right? That we would do something. Not just sit around like floating on a cloud. But that we would actually be doing something. And that we would actually be caring for something like God cares for everything. There's this element of, of caring. And loving and, and taking care of that goes into why did God make us? Why did he do this? Why did he create us? There's some other passages. Let me touch on Ephesians 2. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance. That's key for us to do. So what are we? We are his workmanship. So he's, he's molding, you know, he, he made us, but he's still actively a part of us. Like we are, we're workers together with God. We are friends of God. We are his children. We are his people. We're his handiwork. We're his design. We're his creation. Like, like it isn't like he made some piece of furniture, stuck it in a room somewhere, and that was the end of it. Like he made us and all of us 
so that he could be an active part with us in it all. Well, maybe that touches on companionship, maybe a little bit, but I think, and maybe it even touches on an experiment, maybe all of the above. But it's more than that. It's relational. It's God wanting to be a part of us as human beings' lives, like walking with us in the garden, being with us. They were created with intention. It's not just throw you out there and let you go. We, there's intention. Man's purpose is to walk in the good works of God, to be his handiwork and to do good work. So he's working on us as we're working on the world. We're working on each other. We're working on ourselves. Like we're being like God on this earth and doing good works that he prepared beforehand, works that he appointed in advance. Now, how far in advance that is before time, maybe? He knows what your purpose is on the earth as well. Psalm 100 verse 3 says this, another piece of this answer to the question, why are we here? Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture the sheep of his pasture. No, notice the, the Lord God who made us. Why did he make us? Well, he made us to be his. He made us to be his people, to be like with him, part of his family. And like maybe in a similar way that you have a family, like I have four kids and eight grandkids. Now, God wanted kids. He wanted a family. He wanted a people outside of the angels and outside of whatever else is out there. God wanted to have like a family. We're not just creation. We are family. We're God's family. That's incredibly purposeful when you think about that. Like maybe we've never thought about that before, but that, that God created us to be his family. Just like I got family, I got brothers, I've got a sister, and you know, mom and dad, and uncles and aunts, and you know, we all have a family that we belong to, and that's, that's part of God's reasoning for making us to be, uh, to grow his family. Belonging. That's, that's the purpose, to belong to God, right? And the idea of the sheep of his pasture or, or the, the ones that he wants to take care of and love and guide and lead and grow. And, you know, just that shepherd-sheep relationship that God wants to have with us. It kind of goes into the why. See, God created us to know him. He created us to love him. He created us to glorify him. He created us to enjoy him. And he created us for all the reasons that we just looked at, like these. I'll, let me just list them all that we just went through in these scriptures uh, to work the earth, to care for it, to, to be like God on the earth, 
to rule, to multiply and reproduce ourselves, kind of like uh, God did by, you know, making us in his image. We bear children in our image. So cool. So, so like genius of God to walk in him, doing good works, to be a sheep that belong to the creator, the shepherd of all. See, if we, we have so much purpose on this earth, we have God-given responsibility to carry out on this earth, right? We, we should always be mindful of these things, of why God created us, the purpose he gave us here on this earth, and make sure that we're doing what God created us to do. And somewhere in this these, these truths about why, you'll find your purpose and I find my purpose. Why God put us here to be a part of, of doing what God wants done, you know, why he created us. And when you find that purpose on the earth tied in directly to why God put us here, you, you'll want more years of your life, not less. You'll have meaning and purpose in this life because that's what God wants. But still in some way, the question remains, why? Like, why did God, why did God make us to begin with? Like, not just what are we, what's our purpose here on the earth? Like, that's purpose too, like why he put us here. But, but why did he do it to begin with? Like, why, are, why did God make us at all? and everything around us. Like that's the bigger question that will be very difficult to satisfy anybody with a good answer on. But I do wanna look at one last verse that should help us kind of touch on that even more. Even though I, I think the scriptures we've looked at go deeper than just our earthly existence. It, it, it also ties into the character of God and how God thinks and what he might have been like thinking as he made us like, like him. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. Great passage of scripture. Here's what it says. For you, for you, God, the psalmist is speaking to God. For you, God, you, <laughs> no one else. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. If this isn't a passage for the unborn, I don't know which one is. And, and God has a lot to say to a people that he made in his image that kill innocent babies that God created in the womb. From the moment of conception, people are going to stand before God for, for this. That's what the world has done. But God created our inmost being. He knit us together in my mother's womb. Verse 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Just, just look at these, just look at these two verses for a minute. 
let them kind of sink in a little bit. Because I think in these two verses in this, in this Psalm 139, I think what we see here is purpose. The why that goes beyond the why. I think this, this just goes deeper into our purpose. See, not only did God, God create us, like mold us and shape us, but, but he did it with great touch and with great love. He just throws some dirt together and say, there you are, whoosh. Like, like when he made the trees, be trees, and the birds, be the birds, and be this and be that. But when he made people, when he made us, there was a, 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 another level of, of love and concern and patience and thoughtfulness and um, power that went into God making us as people. Like this idea of, of my inmost being. You, you created my, my inmost being inside of my soul, my heart, my, my thinking, my reasoning. You, you made all that so uniquely uh, sensitive and gentle and loving and compassionate with, with the same kind of feelings that you have. Put those in me. You knit me together. That takes time. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You, you, you just handcrafted me with love. And he says, fearfully and wonderfully made. You, you made us that way. Like this describes like thoughtful and caring and deliberate. This, this creator of ours, God, deliberately did this. And, and we are, and his work is wonderful. You see that? Uh, wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Speaking of us as people and, and the creation as well, but but. Primarily the ones he's made in his image, your work is a wonder. It's full of wonder. We are the wonder of God. Like we display the wonder and glory and majesty of God. Like think about that. God in his creative genius, he thought, I will make people to be like himself, full of wonder and full of creative juices we are. And so God went to work, right? He went to work in six days. One, two, three, four, five, six days. He rests on the seventh day. But in each day, he, 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 he adds another piece to the puzzle of creation putting everything in its proper place, in great order, the building blocks of life, even in day one through day six in the creative order of God. Everything, everything 
each day in order that the next day could, 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 could exist. Like the animals couldn't exist without these other things. Everything in its proper order to serve the next thing that he creates. And everything on all six days to serve the greatest part of the creation, which is man. And so God, God then fashions Adam from the ground. Like, just think about this. God thinks, you know, I'm going to create people. And so first I've got to put all these other things pieces in place and now comes the moment when everything is in place and God is going to make people in his image but he's going to do it from the dirt of the ground and he begins to fashion Adam out of the dirt of the ground the first human being ever and from Adam then he creates Eve from a rib that he removes from Adam and causes him to go into a deep sleep and he creates this woman, one man and one woman in the beginning of time to be like God. And he gave to mankind this gift, this great gift of purpose. And, and that purpose, that big purpose is to be like him is to be like him to be like God like with his qualities with his rule with his thought process with his feeling to live on this earth godlike to be on this planet in this creation like God to be direct reflections of himself in a flesh form. <laughs> That's incredible. And so we have to ask the question, like, how are we doing? How are we doing being godlike? How are we doing being made in the image of the creator? How well are we reflecting him? I love the church. I love the church because the church is God's church. It's where he reigns. It's where he rules. It's all authority is his. All belonging is his. And all construction, everything that he has built is the work of his hands, his hands only. And in the church, God answers all the most important questions that you and I could ever ask. Outside the church, there is confusion, there is darkness, there are lies, there is deceit, and there is chaos. But in Jesus, we are in the know. In Jesus, we are brought into the light. And everything makes perfect sense in Christ. Or close to perfect sense. And today, this question, why why did God make us? Why did he make us? The best answer that I could give you is because God, God just wanted to create people that were so close to him and so like him that he could 
he could live with and be with and dwell among that would be his family that would be eternal that that is pretty pretty stinking cool you guys have a great week may god bless your work as you seek your purpose your specific purpose among this great big purpose that God put us here for. God bless you guys. Have a good one. We'll see you next time. Question number three. Take care.